Okay, this is By the Numbers League of Legends edition with me, Thorin, usual co-host Monte Cristo, and as always, especially on this show, especially on this show, it is brought to you by Alpha Draft. And the thing about Alpha Draft, one of the things I love about Alpha Draft, Monty, is that they actually believe in equality across the games. So you can find contests for $1 in CSGO. You can find contests for $1 in League of Legends. They never undercut anyone. They never tell you, yeah, but you know, you're in League of Legends. It's a privilege to play in our contest. They just say, you know what? If you want to play in our game, similar rates. Similar rates to be won, similar rates to be earned, similar rates to enter. And you know what? I, I applaud them for that because that sort of egalitarian approach is something that they need. We need more of that in esports, I feel. We need more. And not to mention that in League of Legends, you know, every player gets $50,000 for which, which to draft their players. So there's the egalitarian aspect even within League of Legends across all regions. It's really amazing. And plus, uh, essentially, what you're saying there is you like the fact that Alpha Draft gives you $50,000 to take part in a tournament. So, okay, I see. I see what message you're trying to get across there, Monty. So now we know the figure. Now the figure's out there. Monty absolutely let it <laughs> with his example. And obviously, you know, so, no, obviously it's not that high. That's actually the thing, though, about about these sorts of things. That One thing I, I think you should, you guys didn't go hard enough on in that statement, though, is like, even though obviously you have jobs doing leagues, etc., that really should have nothing to do with separate events that you work as a freelancer at. Like people are using that logic. Like it, here's the thing. Okay, this actually happened in CS:GO, so I'll just give you this tidbit because it's something I didn't put in my video anyway. Basically, in CS:GO, I won't tell you who. You could probably guess there was a tournament. Okay, where for the final they didn't use one of the best casters in the world, and when the caster was like, "Why aren't I on the final?" They said, oh, well, uh, in other tournaments, you get to do the final all the time. So, you know, like you won't mind giving this one up. And he was like, well, what does that have to do with this tournament, though? Like, if I'm the best caster, I would do it, right? That's like the sort of logic that people try to use for this sort of stuff, where they're like, oh, well, if you can make a living salary elsewhere, then, you know, you don't need to make that here. So, like, as though they get to, like, balance your checkbook and be like, well, are you making enough? Are you living enough? Well, let me see your car. Let me see the lease on your car, motherfucker. You're like, I thought so. Mercedes S series. I don't even know if there is an S series money. I don't drive it now. Mercedes S series. There go. I've invented it if it isn't one. Mercedes S series. Might even be BMW. I don't fucking know. It's one with the circle and it's a car. You put petrol in it. Mercedes S series. I'm going to keep saying it. It's sponsored by Mercedes S series. And uh, then they go, oh, if you have a Mercedes S series, you could probably afford to do this event for like 50 bucks and a bag of chips. It's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> not how it works at all. LeBron James makes loads of money. He still charges a, a fuck ton for his endorsement. So doesn't go, oh, I'm making money. <laughs> It's funny. How, it's it's a funny little market we work in, isn't it, Thorin? Well, that I work in. You don't actually work in the same market that I work in. Your market is reasonable and, you know, doesn't really do that, except, I suppose, in these one-off instances. We'll hope this is one of those one-off instances, won't we? See, in my market, you actually can't just get buried in the in the desert and sort of killed, and then they assume you're dead and buried and gone forever. Like the, One company tried that, Monty. And it seemed like it worked because they were a really big country company is the thing. Like everyone thought, oh, he's done for at that point. But then what they didn't count on was, see, the game got bigger. And as the game got bigger, there was like a dark force arose in the east, you know. And then the rumors started <laughs> to circulate that this this entity that they thought had banished from the land was coming back. And he was doing these other tournaments that were rising up around till eventually, suddenly the swarm 
surrounded the one lone citadel of ESL. Oh, I've let it, but no, it's that that one. It, that it's it surrounded the citadel of ESL, the only one which holds out against my siege. But one day, Monty, I will starve them of their food and I will take over the citadel and I will plunge the land of CSGO into an eternal darkness. But until that time, until that time, the brave people of ESL do hold out against me. But you, what I'm saying is you can't be killed by one company in CSGO. So it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing for all of us. Yeah, it's a great thing. And on the upside, in CSGO, I don't wake up one day and have, like, Gfinity or someone tell me, like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, actually, we've, like, low-key just been taken over by Riot. So, uh, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't run Gfinity as well. Like, oh, shit, well, that's good. Enemies <laughs> everywhere in the ranks then. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, okay. Love dealing with that every day of my life. So, luckily, It's okay. But you and I, fortunately, are not actually bound to do any content of any given game. So we can actually move freely from title to title. And perhaps that is a major consideration in my mind right now. If I don't think that there's a point in working for a company or a game that won't offer industry standard rates. Yeah, yeah. Especially because the key thing is, like, obviously we're talking about the industry standard here. That's why I tried to, st I actually stressed this in my video. Now, the whole thing is, it's not like it's just... Delta 2 versus League of Legends. It's just CSGO. We're talking about games that aren't even as big in esports as that. I know, right? Halo? So, yeah. And also, I just I just don't like the aspect where... Remember, the one thing that... This is this used to tilt the tits off me. You know all the time where people used to always say, yeah, but Riot pays all the money for esports and League of Legends, as though, like, because Riot's like Big Daddy Warbucks, you know. It's basically like you can't call the rich kid's dad an asshole because he takes everyone out for pizza when your team wins in the league. This is how much I know about American culture, man. Literally all 80s movies. Like, if that didn't even happen, money, then I'd been fooled by every 80s movie from Disney and the WD, WB. But... When that happens, the difference is if you go out for the pizza and then you go, uh, where's the pizza then? And he goes, buy like a corn dog or something. You go, well, dad, the dad of the other team's buying them pizza. You are an asshole. You are an asshole. Like, that's what you should be allowed to do. So there's got to be something commensurate here. If you're going to be the rich guy, benefactor to the whole scene, and especially, by the way, I didn't mention this in my video. Fuck, I'm realizing all these great points I should have mentioned in my video. What I should have mentioned in the video is, there would be a really vibrant scene in which freelancers could make loads of money not around Riot if Riot hadn't killed the whole third-party freelance scene by making their own tournaments and saying, we run all the tournaments. Don't worry, though. We pay everyone. Ha-ha. <laughs> Joke's on you. Not anymore. Like, <laughs> turns out now that... You know, what, Mon you know what they had a realisation of, Monty? They were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We sort of own all the tournaments. What's that called again? What's that term? Oh, Monopoly. Wait a minute. When you have a Monopoly, you can set the price at anything you want. Just set it low. No, no, no. But, sir, the uh, price in the other games is actually higher. Yeah, yeah, but but there's no competition, so set it low. Well done. Altruism, not. So <laughs> also, also, it works really well when you actually have a bunch of casters that you personally salary and keep as employees who actually cannot do commentary on other games. So, therefore, you can set the price of casting within that game and these people don't have any other options of where to go. I'm one of the lucky ones. Plus, I'm one of the lucky ones. Sorry. I know a lot of casters <laughs> who work for companies and their Twitter name is just their caster name or maybe caster name in the game they work in. They don't have to like brand themselves. It's not like getting into some sort of mad like submissive dominant relationship with someone where they're like and you will tattoo my name across your lower back yes master i love you <laughs> it's like it's none of that shit's going on Sorry, that's totally irrelevant actually i just wanted to make that point there well, well, you, also, you also don't know any casters 
I don't think that work for the developers. That's the big thing. If you're talking to ESL casters, guess what? They can still do a variety of titles and make a variety of content. I mean, from what I've heard, some of the developers in other games practically work for the casters. Shout outs to anyone in Korea where that might be true. So anyway, let's start with the show. We're on to back on the off draft world here. And unfortunately this week we don't have any LCS because obviously the playoffs are wait, but it's not going to be this week. So we don't have the contests yet. But we have LPL and LCK, which means, oh no, only two contests? Joke's on you. We're only doing LCK. So we're just going to do LCK. <laughs> it's four series this week. And a couple of them are good and a couple of them are crap. So the first series in the second category, I'd say, KT versus Africa Freaks. Now, Africa Freaks have had some, they've had some upset wins. They've surprised people. Can they really get, take a game off KT? I mean, KT has had drafting issues recently. They dropped that set 0-2 to Samsung by drafting, like, I don't know, a ridiculous Lulu, or to Jyn Air, rather, uh, to Jyn Air, they with, like, the Lulu... Draven three tank composition where they tried to play around Arrows Draven. They had absolutely ridiculous drafts in that series. They did bounce back against Longju. Uh, and of course, they, they naturally beat Spenu last week, so that wasn't surprising. But Africa are really a dark horse team, and I think they can do well. We've seen the beat SK Telecom. They took another game off of SK Telecom, so there's a possibility that I think this game goes to three, goes to three games. In which case... Song Yoon on the Freaks, if you think there's going to be an upset, Song Yoon actually does extremely well when the Freaks win. Uh, if you can get that Callista again, that's going to be super good. If you want to go for KT, their highest player, scoring players are, what, Score and, uh, and Arrow right now. So those would be good pickups. But I think this will be a three-game series actually today. And also, the, all the Africa Freaks players, pretty cheap players. Yes. I mean, the two you were yeah. mentioning, Sang Yoon, Mickey... Both yeah, the low seventy six hundred. Yeah, I think these are probably some pretty good value players right now. Not eh, maybe not Mickey so much. I don't know if I'd go for him at the current time. Technically, from a point average standpoint, Lyra, the jungler, is the one you would want to go for. But yes, I do think that those are probably pretty good. Even the I mean the KT players are not that expensive too, and I think this is a good match to pick in because it can go to three games. How do KT players actually do overall compared to the whole league though? Uh, they're pretty good. Like I said, Score is their highest point total player. So he averages about 26 and a, a little over 26 points in a win right now. So that's that's looking like a pretty strong pickup, especially for a jungler. They're, a peanut and blank would be ahead of him in jungle points right now, average, but he's still top tier. Okay, and then we have Longju versus SK Telecom. Now here's what's sad, Monty. Before the season started, this should be like, wow, two of the best teams in the league, head-to-head -head marquee matchup. This is like depressing. This is like a mid-table matchup now. What do you think of this one? This has to have three games written all over it. I I think probably it will. It's it can be a little bit difficult to judge Longju's form. Uh, they did lose 0-2 to KT, but then they and they lost 1-2 to CJ. So they haven't been looking good recently, and they've been primarily running the flame chaser Coco. Uh, Fury Pure roster. I hope we get to see Captain Jack again come back because he's been pretty pretty darn good this season. It would be fun to see his return at the very least. And in fact, Longju is a team that doesn't get a lot of fantasy points. And that means that Captain Jack, if he plays, is a good pickup. But in general, drafting Longju players doesn't really work uh, right now. 
they just simply don't get enough points in these games. They're pretty low as a team. But actually, Longju and SKT players are basically not that far apart in the actual uh, price. So are you going to pick SKT to win this? I would pick SKT to win this. And I would say that Faker and Bang and Blank are all huge priorities for a fantasy draft. Faker is number two behind Kramer in points when winning with like 32 and a half points, which is absolutely huge. Bang is almost at 30 himself. So these guys, considering they're not even the most expensive and this series could go to three games, I think are really good value. Bang is the fourth most expensive AD carry and he produces huge numbers of points. So these are the steals. That's I think these guys are the ones you really want on your roster. I also think if you are going to pick Longju players, at least now it's it's a bit more stable as to who they're going to play. Like it's pretty clear they were just waiting until Fury was available, and then they're going to play him a bunch. And unless he keeps doing badly, I imagine they'll just keep playing him from here on out. Like it's, I suspect the Captain Jack thing was just because of the ban. And also the rest of the roster, it looks as though they were figuring out who they're using, but it, they have sort of settled into it now. Because you notice in the past, for anyone who wasn't watching, they only tended to use Flame with his own separate jungler and mid laner. They used him with Cha Crash and Frozen. That was the threesome that they put in together. It's only the last few weeks they started shifting it so that initially they did like one or two games, and now basically Flame and it goes in with the other two, which are the main starters anyway. And they kind of yeah, ease back on them, especially. But you never know what they're going to do. Expression hasn't been there, but he could come back at like any point. And I have no idea, given their two consecutive losses, what Longju is going to run in terms of a roster. So it's really hard to predict Longju games, but I think it, you don't have to be able to predict Longju games, I think, to know that Faker and Bang are incredible values. Why is Duke not that good in terms of fantasy points? I mean, he's someone where you'd think in some games he's like split pushing. He's off. I mean, he'd he, be racking he it died up. a lot in the Rocks Tigers games, so he hasn't been great this season overall so far. I mean, especially compared to a lot of other top laners in the league. Top laners don't get that a lot of points anyway. Untara, because I think of CJ's long games, have been able to get has been able to do pretty well. Check out Duke right now. I mean, Duke is Duke is good. He, actually, you're, you're right. He is the top top laner for points. He's even above someday, which is surprising considering that he's been having some some issues, like basically feeding some games. But mm -hmm. he uh, he has been doing work apparently in those split pushing situations. And it, it, I think it says a lot too that SK Telecom's games haven't been exactly the cleanest. They've been you know comeback games where they have to team fight and scrap their way back into it, pick up a lot of kills and. Uh, Duke's been playing a lot of Fiora, a lot of Poppy. So, and you mentioned to pick Faker. Now, in the actual KDA that they always run on OGN and they always have on Esports Media, Faker isn't even in the top five of mid for KDA, but he does crazy fantasy numbers, right? Yes, he does. Uh, he's he doesn't have the highest KDA, but he does have the highest damage per minute out of any player in the league. So he's doing a lot of damage. He's farming a lot. And even though he doesn't have a big KDA and he's dying, he's still uh, getting a huge number of assists, primarily on Lulu. So that's where a lot of the points are coming from. Assists are very valuable in, in Alpha Draft and Fantasy. Okay. And that's like a difference between just considering pure KDA. Yeah. Okay. KDA isn't everything. You can die a lot, but as long as you get a bunch of kills and assists, you're still going to have a high fantasy score. Which is one of the reasons why we always say... As as counterintuitive as it seems, it is better to have the three-game bloodbath series where your team yep. almost loses 
In fact, as we found out with that famous Unicorns of Love uh, rock out one where I picked all the rock out players who lost a fucking five game series because every game was a mad bloodbath. Even though they lost, I got more points than in theory you might get on a clean one where you pick the winning players on a on a three zero. Absolutely, totally true of basically any situation. I'm gonna look up Fakers KDA real quick just so we can get it. Hmm, that's interesting. It's four point five, but just looking at the actual lists of mid laners, he should be above Fly. I'll have to check when I. Get to the studio. So what, he would be what fifth, is official KDA? He should be fifth, yeah. And also, to be fair, one of the people in that list, well, two of them, one's BDD, who's barely played, and one of them's That's Frozen, he's, who's a sub. He's played, he's played, what, like five or six best of three so far. But yes, he has played less than half oh, of the season. Yeah, true, okay. But but uh, Frozen especially. I mean, I don't know yes. how many games he's played. He must have played, what, like seven games? Or he's played nine uh, games total. So that, yes. that's that's all that one almost doesn't count. Like, come on, mate. Fake has played oh, a million. Nine games is half an LCS season. Surely that's enough for statistical representation. Yeah, but the problem is this is actually a better representation because a bunch of them were against the same teams, even. So he's even playing good teams many times, not just playing like tip two times. One time with whoever they could get in the door to put a tip jersey on. Okay, anyway, the so the in that matchup. If Longju won, are the SKT players still decent picks? Like, if it was a three-game series and Longju won, yes, would SKT still be all right. Yes, I think they would be because even okay, even Faker's like average fantasy points are Ed Bang's average fantasy points are still very high, very high overall. So yes, they're going to be good picks probably no matter what. I don't think SK Telecom is going to have some collapse where they go O two to Longju. Okay. Feels like Bang's a very stable pick then because he's like middle yes. of the table into the price. 7,800 isn't like the most expensive. Bang and Faker Seems are pretty reasonable. fantastic picks for the season. They were crap picks in the later parts of 2015, but they're great for this for this purpose. Okay. One series that's not very interesting is obviously Rock's Kongdu, but Rock's still get very good points because of this style of play, right? They usually end games really quickly. Kuro is actually Kuro and Prey are the one, or Kuro and Peanut rather are the ones to get a lot of points, and they're still towards the top of the the table. They're still in like the top ten of players. So yes, you can get some good points there, but you're probably going to look. I would say like KT and SKT because I think those series are more likely to go to three games are going to be a little bit better. Even the Jin Air Samsung game could go to three. So, eh, I guess is is my sort of response to that. Like, they're they're good, but I think they're better picks. Why? And do you especially think... because the the expense of the players are all like the most expensive players in their positions. So okay, obviously Kongdu formerly was the EM Fire team. Why do you think Kongdu's team is so crap? I mean, a couple of these players we've seen before. I mean, obviously Edge was playing like for Najin in the past. No, it was, oh, KT, he was on right? KT. Yeah, he was on KT. So, I, but he was always like a substitute to Nagne. I mean, they just basically have a bunch of subs on their rosters. It's like Roach was a Najin sub. Uh, Googer was a Najin sub that uh, that went to where did he go? Uh, he oh, that's right. He was Lupin on TPA. He was the AD carry from TPA. Came back, switched to support, switched back to support actually. And so that it just they they just haven't gotten a lot of star players, obviously. So they're pretty not great. 
if you really think there's going to be a huge upset here, Edge and Soul are your guys to go for. But yeah, that's about it. Not not particularly interesting. Okay. So that that's like an absolute lock, that game. Bear in mind, Rox has lost one series all year. Yeah. That's it. It's not going to happen to Kongdu unless there's some sort of miracle. Okay. So the, the so the, probably the most interesting series is Samsung Jinair because these are the two teams where, first yeah. of all, they were the epic battleground upon which the second Inside and Esports War was fought, also won by me. I'm very much like... <laughs> Yeah, you're, but, you're the, the prediction war. And, uh, the prediction war was won by me, though. Sure, <laughs> sure. Samsung to beat well, Here's the thing, Monty. This actually right here is kind of like a riot versus you debate because you're saying like, well, I get, I get like the prestige and the credit for winning, and I'm like, just show me the money, motherfucker. I'll be as wrong <laughs> as I need to be. Just show me the money. Like that's that's all that matters. Listen, you can take that good feeling home, feeling all warm and whatnot. I'll just take that. What's it, Benjamin Franklin? We'll take a. Thomas Jefferson. I don't even know who's on those, mate. I, I don't get actual physical money anymore. It's all digital nowadays. Those kids with the money, those drug dealers. So when Jinair plays Samsung, do you predict again Samsung will win? Jinair's a better team now, right? I think you are right this time that I think Jinair will win this matchup because basically ambition has been exposed a little bit, not in that he hasn't been playing well, but that he really can only play Nidalee, Graves, and um, Kindred, and that when he's not on a carry jungler, Samsung as a team doesn't do well. So when they go up against Winged, I think you could just ban all those champions out, Winged can play Lee Sin, and then they'll win the game. Yeah, I mean, the key thing you pointed out there is, like, it's it's one of those scenarios where you can ban and Winged can play those type of champions. So you can... And he's really good at Lee Sin. You can especially, at the very least, it will be a battle for who gets, like, whichever one or two of those is open. Yeah. Is that the sort of scenario? Like, do you think Jinnah will, like, first pick Nidalee or something? Uh, I think Jinnah could absolutely first pick Nidalee. I think Nidalee is a very first pick worthy champion. But I think that Samsung will probably ban it. Um, or I think Jinnah will definitely first pick it. So... Uh, the thing, the problem with Jenner is that even though I think they're going to win, they surprisingly do not actually do that well when it comes to to fantasy. And certainly, they have really long games. They have one of the, the longest average game time, but they don't really fight. Like Jenner is a team that will just prance around the map forever and never fight you and never get kills. So they're not the best fantasy team in spite of their record. Kuzan is the best player <clears throat> for Jenner on fantasy, followed by Pilot. But they're not even, like, top in their position. They're still in sort of the lower half of players in their positions um, and probably not very good fantasy pickups. If you think Samsung's going to win, Crown is a better pick when it comes to fantasy. Uh, Core JJ is a better pick than, than Pilot. Uh, and if you think Ambition is going to get his hands on Graves or Kindred, which I don't think he will, but if he does and Samsung wins, he can put up huge numbers. I mean, is there, is there a scenario, like, do you think any of the Samsung players are worth taking anyway? Like, if it's going to go three games, if it's going to be exciting games, or do they have to win I, for you to, think, to be worth it, do you think? I, I just think neither, like, especially Jadir, but also Samsung, they just haven't been, like, SKT or CJ levels of, of points, or even Rocks levels of points this season. So even if this goes to three games, I think when we have 
the the other matches this week when it comes down to it, when it comes to like SKT and rocks also playing in the same days that they're going to be better value or the same contests. So, okay. In terms of Samsung being the only team to beat rocks, I mean, it is fairly obvious what the X factor was there. Ambition played like way above the level. Otherwise we see him play for this, for at least two of the games. Right. But when but it comes then, to but them, then as they an bounce back, player, but then they bounce back. So it's important to note that after that rocks, win they came back and played the africa freaks and lost because africa took away ambitions carry picks and then sure. he had nothing left but but before they did that upset they had also i mean you'd been saying that you thought they were much improved they've obviously won a lot of actual games like that they, they were never some bottom dweller this split so what what is that what has changed about samsung what, what are they good at what is good about their team now crown is super good their mid laner, he's had some amazing Varus games. So they brought in Crown, uh, who's really been doing way better than Bliss or Ace, the mid laners, the rookie mid laners that they used to have. And then they, I think they brought in Ambition, who's a veteran player and I think adds a lot of shot calling and stability to the team and can have these dominant performances on champions like Kindred and Graves in Italy. So they added another source of damage. Also, Cuve has improved dramatically from his former self, I would say. So yeah, they've they've become kind of an all-around much better team. Crown and Crown and Ambition were really the the big moves though that got them to where they are. What do you think if you could just speculate if if Ambition had stayed on CJ would that have had any significant difference on CJ do you think? Would they be a better team? I think they would be a better team as it stands right now because they really like to run uh, the 80 carries and especially bubbling really likes to play kindred in the jungle. And I think that ambition is a better kindred player. So I do think they would be better, but I'm still waiting for CJ to run daydream and I don't know why they're not doing it. Uh, it would be nice to see him in a professional match just to judge his skill, but I guess they're scrimming with him and they don't think he's as good as bubbling, which is hard to believe because bubbling is not a great jungler. So when you play fantasy, since you're often wanting to pick someone who's going to win and is a high f points getter, you're often having to pick one of the people who's very expensive, like at least one for your team. If you look at all the people we have this week, who are, who's like the, the lock, really expensive guy who's going to get a lot of points this week as well? I'd just pick one of the Rocks Tigers guys. I'd take Kuro, probably, if you really want to go all out, just because that's going to be some guaranteed points. And we know he puts up like 29 points and wins. So theoretically... In an average Rocks Tigers performance, an average Rocks Tiger win, you're going to get like 60 points out of that guy in the 2-0. So that's pretty solid. Okay, and then we said in terms of cheap ones, if you think Africa can win the series, and they have some upset potential. Song Yoon. Very cheap players overall. Yeah, Song Yoon, definitely the one you want to go after. Um, and then on the, you know, obviously on the final play day too, we don't have the the rates for those yet, but if you think Spenu can pull off an upset over Africa, well, Nuclear is your guy to get you a lot of points. He's pretty much the only one on Spenu who gets a lot of fantasy points because basically he has to go off for Spenu to win, uh, and Spenu has not won that many games. But Africa versus Spenu, I think it'll be a 2-0 for Africa, but if you want to go for the Hail Mary, Nuclear would be your guy. I think the most interesting match for fantasy this week, though, is SKT versus CJ, which is on the final day, because... Out of all the top, what, top six players, four of them are CJ or SKT players, being Kramer, Faker, Bang, and Sky. He's not playing anymore. Uh, that Like, BDD is playing, but in that order. So really, just that there are three in the top three are Kramer, Faker, and Bang, who have been doing extremely well. Are you worried for SKT in terms of that will be like a three-game series? They have seemed pretty shaky 
Yes, I think it could be easily be a three-game series because the, here's the problem with SKT. They play. They haven't had the good early game, and they rely on late-game decision-making, mid- and late-game decision-making to come back into these games. And that's CJ basically just turtles and plays super passively in the early game and tries to scale into five-man team fights around objectives in the late game with Kramer like hard-carrying them and everybody peeling for Kramer. So these are likely to be, I think, games on the longer side that CJ... I think they'll take a game. I think this is a three-game series, and I think this series has a bajillion fantasy points in it. Do you think that since it's the Faker BDD matchup, someone will pick Zed? <laughs> I I hope so. I mean, I'm I pretty sure. So. Is anyone going to ban that? Do you think it's ban worthy? Uh, no, I don't think it's ban worthy because it's mostly going to be used as a counter pick. But I would be. That's what's cool about this matchup, obviously, and the hype is that it's. BDD, who's been having a pretty solid season for a rookie so far against Faker, you know, the legends. We finally get to see how these two guys, like, stack up to each other, not just in solo queue, but in a, a professional game. Plus, if it's not banned and your coach doesn't mind you playing because you're good at it, if you've spent your whole life playing solo queue and watching LCK, like, oh, I wish I played in LCK. If you're just not a pussy, even if you lose, just fucking lock it in, mate. Just go. I'm going <laughs> to go against Faker. Put it this way. Remember... Just remember this, BDD, because I know you're watching this show. Everyone watches Banner Numbers in the Korea, translated, of course. Here's the thing. <laughs> Think about it logically. Everyone remembers legendarily the moment when Febivan solo killed Faker a couple of times. They don't remember, Monty, that they didn't they actually lose that game? Wasn't that the game they actually lost? When it what, was which like, one? It was like game four or something between Fnatic and SKT, right, or MSI. Where oh, yeah, solo killed yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. the key thing. They lost the fucking game. He didn't even do anything in team fights at the end. But just because he solo killed him, he is legend forever. So that's what you can do if you're BDD. You're probably going to lose anyway. Who gives a fuck? Just go for the play. Try and call your shot, hit it, and then people don't forget that you died like an alcoholic, fat, and possibly cheated at the game. I don't know much about Babel. He's not going to sue me at this point, Monty. Luckily, he is dead. I have learned that, Monty. Through my career in esports, I've learned it's okay to mock dead people because they can't sue you, I think. I'm not sure about that, but I don't think the family of Babe Ruth watched this show because they're not Korean, so they, they don't watch the show. So that's going to be the new meme. Uh, okay, I think we've pretty much done most of the stuff here. Oh, wait a second. I actually have a question for you. So Alrighty. at the moment, Jinair is the closest to Rocks Tigers. They have 10 wins overall in series. Then after that, like there's a lot of teams around eight, seven. Everyone at the moment tries to claim, oh, there's no way to know who the second best team in Korea is because, you know, like A beats B, but B beats C, but D beats E, E, e beats A, that sort of a scenario. Who would your money be on right now to be the second best team in Korea? I, oof, it's so hard. Because, yes, they all have been beating each other. Like, obviously, I have questions about KT. I'm not sure how strong Fly is. I don't think that KT wins unless someday goes off right now. And I think that Fly is a <clears throat> limited champion pool to do that. I think if you shut someday down, you shut KT down. Um, Longju obviously having problems. SKT having a weak early game. I think at this point you just have to say it's Janair because they've been more complete at all phases of the game. And they showed, yes, they typically play these long games. Yes, they typically avoid fights and dance around the Baron in the late game. But we've also seen games like the last game in Game 3 against Samsung where they just snowballed the game brutally. And Kuzan has been a surprise this season. 
uh, talked about him a little bit earlier when it comes to fantasy points. He's the best fantasy point player on Gen Air, and he's been he's been doing really really well. I mean, that's the weird thing about Gen Air, because especially because it wasn't this case last season, is that one of the, one of the things I think makes them good and why they haven't just like flared out and, and dropped back down the table is the team, team's actually pretty reasonably well balanced. Like Pilot's a solid player. He's obviously not a star player, but he's, he's like solid, does his job. Kuzon, as he said, has been pretty good. He is like the, the new GBM in a sense for them. And then Trace yeah. obviously has improved. And, and the key thing about Trace is you can't bat him out. Like, he already has shit he wants to play that you wouldn't ban anyway. So you would be an idiot to waste bans on stuff that you would play. And he's been doing so well. Do you do you think that they will get, like, figured out at some point, though? Or, or some of these other teams will get back up above them? I don't know. I mean, I think Janair really likes to play poke compositions or triple AD carry compositions. So they, they do have a weakness, I think, to hard engage, which might make an in, um, like a match versus a best of five matchup or whatever versus CJ interesting. Um, I guess we, we could see, we could see it going that way. It's hard to like, they, they did beat CJ two one though in the last meeting last week. Um, they did look again, dominant in that game three versus CJ, but it was a, it was a good series overall. It was a really solid series. Uh, so perhaps CJ, if they played again with their hard engage, might have some luck there. How is it possible CJ has a better record than SK Telecom? On Ros- on paper, that roster makes no <laughs> sense. It could have a better Ros- better record than <laughs> SKT. Well, well, it's also worth noting that they've they've played what three more best of threes at this point. Okay. So they played fifteen oh, of right, their eighteen yeah. matches and. SKT's only played 12, so we'll just wait until they actually have played 15 matches, and I think that will change at SKT. I think by the time the dust settles, like we're going to see SKT more in the 3-4 to four range, would be my estimate. Okay. Uh, do you think, who, who do you think is the most likely team to beat Rocks again? Because as we discussed on some of the insight, they have to play... Jin Air and I think CJ and then the others are like the shitters, I think. So I think it was Jin Air and CJ, right? They still have to I, play them, right? I don't think anybody is likely to beat the Rocks Tigers again, but the Rocks has to play KT and Jin Air still in the top of the standings. Uh, their other matches are Kongdu and Africa, which obviously they should do quite well with. So it, it comes down to KT and, and Jin Air. Uh, based on some of Jin Air's performances and Jin Air losing quite convincingly to SKT, I don't really think they've got what it takes to beat the Rocks Tigers. Maybe KT does. Maybe. But I doubt it. I think Rocks Tigers are closing this season without losing another best of three. What do you think the key things you have to have to be able to beat them are? Early aggression. Punishment over their plays on the map and their tendency to dive. And if you can punish their dives with like turrets and stuff, that's really good. And I guess what we saw with... Ambition is when, first off, I think Rocks Tigers did terrible draft in game two and like played Varus AD carry and it was just ridiculous against Samsung and they got cocky. But the Rocks Tigers in game three just got totally styled on by Ambition's kindred. So I think you need a good, like a solid early game jungler that can actually uh, scrap and win duels against Peanut. So could be Jin Air if they if they pick something like the Lee Sin again for winged that could be a major a major factor that could turn that game around 
I have a question. Do, do you think the fact that we've had all these weird role swaps to jungle, it's all to jungle for some reason. Does that so jungle supposed to be one of the role, the roles, Monty, where that's supposed to be one you can be arrogant about. Like this is about knowledge of the game and understanding what your teammates in. How the fuck are people like AD carries and mid laners switching to jungle? What does that, has that prompted any thoughts? It was a long time. About the position? It, it, was, it was a long time ago. And yes, it does. I think that these guys have a lot of knowledge from playing the game for so long and being veteran players overall. It's the, the best region in the world. I also think that we know that at least score was one of the primary shot callers on the KT bullets. And he was a big voice in that team and always played like, an intelligent reserve cerebral style as a, as an AD carry player. Ambition was a little bit more of a surprise, but if we actually think about the way he's playing right now, first off, he gets to play in Italy again. And second off, which is always one of his best champions. And second off, he plays the, the jungle role like a mid laner. He farms, 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 farms. And then he's super good at positioning in team fights with carries and dealing damage. So it's been good for him. See the one that tilts me the most money. I'm pretty sure it gets to you as well. Is that kid a fucking Invictus Gaming actually right, wins games as a jungler? I can't handle that. That, I, that. That's too much, I, I, right? I stay away from China for that reason. That's like, if I start actually thinking about China, my brain melts. That's like some, forget like Darkest Timeline. That's just like, that's just like pure nihilism trying to think of that as being an acceptable thing in the world. that He plays. Not only that, he replaced Kakao. That sounds, that's fine. That's totally fine, yeah? This is all fine. <laughs> This is all. <laughs> That's just not Kakao is like banished to the LSPL or some bench right now. I don't even know who Kakao plays for. That's the sickest thing about LSPL. It, it does have all this structure, and yet no one covers it. No one even knows what goes on down there. My favorite is Save. He literally just went like he disappeared below the water surface. They were like, "You okay there, Save?" No one ever heard from him ever again. Yeah, you, you didn't. We didn't even find a body, Monty. We just have to assume he's dead. It's like that guy, Richie from the Manic Street Preachers, who just one day just ran away from like a bridge in Cardiff or something. And he's just presumed dead, Monty. No one knows if he actually died. No one knows if he committed suicide. He just Eventually, you have to give up, Monty. Stop caring about them and just assume they are dead. That is safe. So so uh, here, you'll enjoy this. I didn't even know this. Kakao is currently playing for Wan Yu, which is an LSPL team in eighth place in the LSPL. He plays with another Korean player whose ID is Sleek that I have never heard of. That is Kakao's life now. Jesus, mate. I'm in the LSPL one now and I'm on EA Sportspedia and I'm clicking on show roster. The sheer amount of Koreans and Koreans that don't even have a page is depressing the fuck out of me, mate. Like half the play. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten about this. Talk about disappearing below the surface. Remember that watch and goon play in the LSPL. <laughs> yep they're actually in lspl not only that that poor fuck cola who used to be on uh star Horn royal club is on their team as well <laughs> and Jeez, Zhao. Like, lspl is where on, careers go to die oh Zhao Zhao is currently on the 14th ranked lspl team despite the fact that this guy is a declared na mid and no one has taken him Oh, apparently Save is still there. He's on Young Glory with Illusion, the old IG jungler, and they're second from bottom in LSPL. Brilliant. Yeah, just keep, just keep playing forever, guys. Don't ever give up. Watches on ZTR. Okay, yep. well, at least they're sixth, I guess. At least they're all right. Jesus, these names are just giving me 
what the hell <laughs> by may still plays by may an amazing j on edward esports the obviously yeah, not owned EDG. by edg's no, B, edg's b team they have road too and they there's amazing j everybody wonders what happened to him after worlds and, and by the way you know one thing i hate in esports monty is when people obviously copy the nickname of someone else so you know bebe was the name of the ad carry of uh Taipei Assassins, famously. There's some fuck who's from Taiwan whose name is Bay Bay, but written like you write Bay as in Oakland Bay. And then he's just like from Taiwan. Like, oh, oh, it's just a coincidence I picked just the name. I just, just, I'm from the same place, but no reason why I did that. Oh, man. I can't handle ESPL or LSPL. What the hell is this? Also, Starhorn Roll Club actually is in the LSPL. Brilliant. Two times world finalists, now in the LSPL. Corn's still playing for him, of course. He's in hell. Brilliant. Oh, that's the end of that segment. At the end, we all had, that was the comedic light relief at the end of the show. We just looked at LSBL rosters and realized what a shit show it is. But then again, Monty, you do realize this means NA has literally become China. You know, the old joke was, well, NA should love China because NA imports all the good players. NA makes mixed team rosters. NA just fights all the time. NA throws at Dragon. NA now also just like China, has a second division which they way overpay players and people just go there to die and lose before they should. And you're like, what? That guy's really good. Oh, his team didn't even make it out. Oh, okay. Well, that's the end of his career then. <laughs> so on that note, we will now close the show. Thanks to Alpha Draft. Oh, wait a second. If you want to play Alpha Draft, I think it's if you sign up, you put in the code BTN, as in by the numbers, in case you didn't know what that stood for. And you put in the code BTN and you get a 100% bonus up to $300. And the idea is it's like when you go on a poker site or whatever, you don't just get the $300 because obviously then you would just go, Haha, jokes on you, pull out your $300 <laughs> and the 300 you'd invested. Therefore, everyone in the world would steal $300 from Alpha Draft. They would go bankrupt because they'd have to develop it. And that's obviously wouldn't happen. Therefore, you have to play and it unlocks some of the money till eventually after playing it off, you've unlocked all the money. Much like if you work for Riot, you don't get the money immediately. You have to do the job. It unlocks the money. And you get like <laughs> bonus prestige points. That's like the swag feeling you get from winning on Alpha Draft. And that's how the show ends. So if you're going to play Alpha Draft or if you're going to work at Riot events, be, be sure to do it like me and Monty and do it by the numbers. <laughs>